Welcome to Credit Union Conversations Podcast with your host, Mark Ritter, a forward-thinking CEO who excels in helping credit unions, small businesses, and real estate investors succeed. Join Mark as he explores current trends, interviews industry experts, and get fresh insights on optimizing your operations and delivering the best possible services to credit union members. Hello, this is Mark Ritter, your host of Credit Union Conversations and During the day, I am the CEO of Member Business Financial Services, a business lending QSO uh, with a headquarters right outside of Philadelphia with staff scattered all throughout the country. And today's episode is a tale as old as time, or at least as long as I've been in the credit union space, uh, which is about 22 years And we're going to talk a little bit about business services and really getting into small business members. And, you know, as I said, I'm the CEO of a business lending QSO, Uh, not necessarily all of the types of services you need to help small businesses at your credit union. But joining me today is somebody who can help complement what I do. And John Ballantyne is the CEO of True Treasury. And John, how are you doing? Hey, how you doing today, Mark? Thanks for having me on your show. I am doing great. Uh, For full disclosure, John and I talk regularly, so this is going to be a pretty easy conversation for us. Uh, But I'm really excited to... uh, to, for the rest of the audience in the credit union space to get to hear what you do. So just uh, why don't you start out by just kind of telling people a little bit of uh, your background, your origin story, and yeah. uh, how you uh, got into day one of True Treasury. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's been it's been a journey, let me put it that way. Uh, I'm John Ballantyne, of course, Mark, CEO of True Treasury. Uh, we are a QSO, much like MBFS, uh, except we, fo- we don't focus on credit services. We focus on everything else, business services. You ask 10 people what treasury management is, you might get 10 different responses, which is why I like to say we, we focus on the non-credit attributes of that. So how did I get into this business being a CEO of, so far, the industry's only full-service treasury management QSO? You know, my, my journey really started 20 years ago, initially, actually, as an Army Blackhawk aviator, but then transitioned into the financial world where I held a variety of roles, including working for a fintech firm. I owned a payments company for a period of time and most recently worked for a super regional bank uh, in a variety of treasury management roles, which ultimately led me to the opportunity to help found and start this treasury management QSO, that's true treasury. Okay, so we can't skip over the highlights here. You said you were a Blackhawk aviator. Tell me a little more about that. You know, when I was in college, I never really had any intention of joining the army, but let's just say I was a college student that had some opportunity in my academics, and I felt a little guilty at the time that my parents uh, were were taking on some debt to pay for this. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna go join the Army to pay for my own college. And when I joined the Army, I thought, you know, I might as well do the officer thing and 
I've always wanted to fly. So I, I got into flying Black Hawk helicopters and then later on also flying Chinook helicopters. So do you get to do that today at all? I don't do that anymore. So I, I actually, in full disclosure, I still am an Army Reserve officer, uh, okay. but I am no longer flying, just given my my responsibilities for leading a financial firm. I just didn't have the time to, to keep up with my I, minimums. I know my wife wouldn't be too happy about that if I said I was going to go uh, fly my <laughs> helicopters today. So, so Well, my son's when, pretty into it, and he's trying to get me to get me to take him up and start getting him flight lessons. So, and and I know a generality. When did you start at True Treasury? You know, my my start time was a pretty interesting time to start. Uh, I accepted this role as, at the time, it was called just QSO1 because there wasn't even a name for it yet. Uh, My first day was March 12th of 2020. Three days later, the world shut down. So it was a really interesting time to get into credit union industry and starting a business at that. Yeah, I can't figure out if that is the best time day ever or the worst day ever to start a business (laughs) because, uh, you know, everybody was uh, pretty locked down and accessible, but uh, you certainly weren't meeting with staff and getting out too much. And there was so much craziness in that time of uh, actually trying to get stuff up and running. So I guess you had a little bit of time on your hands to to get things uh, the early days to uh, get things laid out. So. Yeah, it was a little bit of a blessing in disguise, I say, or the silver lining was I really had, when the world shut down, I really had the opportunity to think about how do we take treasury management services, so payments, receivables, depository services, fraud prevention products, which are inherently in the core of a financial institution, and be a third-party provider to help credit unions up-level their business services. So it, it's a, it was a tough challenge and we had a lot of time to think about it during covid so so that's where uh, i feel pretty blessed to have that time so you decide uh you know cuso with with some uh, uh a trade association and some other investors you know there's there's a need in the industry you get started up you're 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 an expert in treasury management all the business services all the deposit services looking back what is completely different than from what you thought you were getting into, kind of both good and bad? Yeah, when I look back, so in full disclosure, the group of owners who funded True Treasury said, hey, credit union industry does not have good treasury management options. Uh, it was for credit unions, a tech company, and an advocacy group or a league of credit unions. They funded it, but they said, we don't really have expertise in the credit union segment. So they, they found me. Honestly, my exposure to credit unions was minimal at that point. They called me up, said, hey, we have this concept for a CUSO. Are you interested? To which my first question is, what's a CUSO? Uh, learned a little bit about that. And I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but my first time stepping foot into a credit union was the day that I got offered this job. I was on the 26th floor of a bank building. I took the elevator down walked into the first branch of a credit union I could find outside my office building and asked them to tell me about their business services. <laughs> hey, tell just... me about what you do. <laughs> and it was probably a pretty yeah, short right. conversation. 
Uh, I, they looked at me and said, do you want to talk to my manager? And I said, no, no, no. Just <laughs> tell me about what you have. They looked at me and said, do you want to talk to my manager? And then I knew I was in for a, a pretty unique challenge getting into this business. So, yeah, well, I, I can think back to, uh, you know, when I, when I started up uh, the, some depository services at, at the credit union, you know, it was we were just trying to make basics. Uh, OK, we need a checking account, a money market. Uh, we did put out a debit card and a credit card. And uh, we hoped anybody who needed more than that, we, we said, well, we'll get there eventually. So it was uh, it was quite a journey, but you know tw- that was also at a time when the providers weren't focused on credit unions and the technology was was much different than today. And when you talk to a credit union, similar to to me, you know almost all the core systems out there are just built for a credit union member, which is designed to be a consumer. What's that conversation you have with a credit union when they say, okay, we want to do this, we have a core system X, but it's just not made to do it? You know, what, What's that initial analysis yeah. and conversation like? You know, honestly, the conversation really starts first with, what core are you on? One of the things that I've learned quickly in this role is that credit unions, there's a kaleidoscope of different core systems. Some are better than other. Some of the main cores, like Scimitar, Correlation, or Fiserv DNA, what credit unions don't know is they actually do have some commercial capabilities on there, including account analysis, but credit unions aren't aware of that because there's never been a need or nobody's asked the question or nobody even knows what to ask with those cores. So when we, we talk to a credit union and first ask them, hey, what core are you on? Uh, that helps us get our first steps in starting to build and customize a treasury management program. Now, that said, there's many, many other cores to your point, Mark, that are consumer only and there's not robust business capabilities, if any which is why at True Treasury, we've built our services and platforms to be independent of the core. Uh, the best way to think about it is if you, if you are a business member or a business and you need to move money around, so send out payments, uh, update receivables, uh, get into your positive pay, we have built a treasury management system that's independent of the core. Uh, and works to aggregate data so they have a full business banking experience. And that's just one of the platforms. The other platforms that we bring to help support the lack of commercial capabilities in the core are items like relationship pricing tools uh, that take all the core data and analyze it and then take the treasury services data and analyze it to structure a deal to win and be profitable for the financial institution, but also be structured towards the sensitivities of that business member or prospect. So as at some point, the money has to interact with the credit union. But as long as, is it is it a system where as long as somebody can set up a business member and a checking account, they can work with you through a separate platform? 100%. And how we can do this with 
low to no core integration is these things called corporate credit unions that most credit unions work with, where all the transactions and the image cash letter and all the, the backend stuff actually happens. We actually work with those corporate credit unions to plug in those services so money can move in and out of that member's account, have the credit union experience without ever getting the credit union IT team too deeply involved in a huge project. Yeah, and, and that I think you know everybody is. Uh, you, you probably have heard this. You know, everybody has a zillion projects going on and and very busy, and you know, stretch for resources. Uh, but simultaneously, everybody wants that complete member relationship. So, so I think that this is a nice bridge between. Uh, you know, that unicorn of a complete member that people want in the complete relationship that people want. And, uh, you know, they're just that small business member that they have that, that quite frankly, has been, been ignored from a non-lending side. You know, the, the lending market, and, and I remember, you know, 15 years ago, this conversation would have been about how the lending business lending member is ignored at a credit union. That's not the case anymore. Um, you know, you, you look at the numbers, you look at the industry, you know, 70% of credit unions are, are funding business loans on some form or fashion, and it's just booming every year. But that is not the case with what, with what you are, are uh, talking about. And uh, yeah, so, that, so that's been, been the big difference. That's a great point, Mark. And, and really, you asked about the genesis of True Treasury, and that's a big part of the story as well. So 1998, field the membership rules change. So credit unions can you know, engage com businesses in their community to start lending too. And it, it's interesting, if you look at the chart of member business loans and commercial loans, it literally looks like a hockey stick, the proverbial hockey stick growth that every venture capital firm wants. Uh, and because it's been such an engine of growth and so much value for credit unions, what we've seen is credit unions say, hey, we're doing really good on the CRE. We want to start looking at some other SBA or CNI loan opportunities or small business loan opportunities. How can we get into that? And what they've learned is unless you have the treasury management capabilities and expertise to support structuring a deal, uh, it, it's very challenging to get the whole operating relationship into your credit union. Yeah, it, abs absolutely. It is, uh, it, it is just crucial. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about kind of the deposits and some of the other items. But, um, you know, one of the, the pieces is that you have been working with many credit unions so far, many, and, and I'm sure you have a list of golden childs who are just killing it and other people that might have struggled. What have you found so far that really makes a successful program when it comes to serving the complete business member through non-lending services? What, what's really, the, the ones that are doing it well, what stands out with you? 
Yeah, wow, that's uh, that's a loaded question. So uh, to answer that, I'll talk about the assumptions that I see a lot of times from credit unions is if I structure and buy the product, meaning I buy a great business services digital engine that has the payables, the receivables, the fraud prevention products uh, that are commonly associated with treasury management, we have a treasury management business that will be successful. So, so what I've seen is credit unions investing in sports cars, but then those sports cars being driven at 10 miles per hour, which is why a lot of times credit unions reach out to us, hey, we bought these programs and we're not able to get much traction into it. So the answer to your question is, what's the differentiator is not the product, it's actually structuring the whole business around it having the treasury sales capabilities, which by the way, treasury sales is not going and knocking on doors and doing cold calls. It's about supporting the relationship management team to structure a whole deal. Uh, Then there's treasury product operations. So treasury operations is where I've seen deals, even at the bank, go really bad. Every treasury deal is custom. I don't care how small the business is or how big it is. When you start talking about payroll and you have to unwind that from a bank or a third-party fintech and then put it into your credit union, that's fraught with risk for being done inaccurately. And if it's only being done once or twice a month by somebody who's focused maybe more on the consumer side, uh, that can create a, a potential negative experience. So the credit unions that do it well invest in a program, in a holistic approach to servicing business members, they recognize that, hey, if we want to win certain loan types, we need to be talking about how can we service your whole relationship? Tell us about your working capital, having that working capital conversation, uh, and then being able to support it in a way that gives the business confidence and is, quite frankly, seamless. Because again, treasury sales isn't about pushing product. It's about saving the prospect money taking paper out of the process and making payment and cash flow systems more efficient. So that's that's the what creates a successful program is really focusing on the member and their needs. The product is just the pieces to help set that up. Now, one of the on the flip side of that, I'll give you kind of my observations for people who haven't been quite as successful. And Typically, at a credit union, uh, and even many banks, uh, you know, they hire lender on the street, relationship manager on the street, and they have the goal of how much can you bring in for me? And the the treasury management and business services side, I think, is much more of an annuity type business where it starts very small and builds slowly over time. Where in the lending world, if you're third month in business, you make a $10 million loan, you're sitting pretty and say, look at the money I made. And that, you know, that you can, you can build much more quickly. Whereas the, the, and, and sometimes you, you, credit unions and the management may not have the patience for that. Or they don't make it a priority, you know, for the lender who does uh, two loans a month for five million dollars a piece. They 
you know, the, he says, look at all the money I'm making. Yeah, but we want you out there building these relationships so it grows over time. And it has to be a priority. And people have to have the long view of that. Uh, give me your thoughts on that. You're right. So credit unions, the credit union movement is based in retail. People helping people. So there, there's not been business traditionally. And again, we talked about field of membership changes. But if you think about your typical credit union, let's call it 90% of their revenue is on the consumer side. So it's a really tough case to make an investment in business services because it's a lot of different products. There's uh, specialized expertise. And a lot of credit unions think, hey, well, if I can just get a few products, uh, they'll come in. So that that's part of it. Uh, the other piece of it is I there's this institutional knowledge gap, I believe, in the credit union movement that's been owned by the banks. So when you look at the economics, the loans, they make all the money. But in banks, the bank I came from had well over 500 people in the treasury management business. And the reason there was so many folks there is because they made a lot of money doing it. And it starts off very small. But as you build that portfolio, guess what? That treasury management business, you have it until the day that member either decides to leave the credit union, which typically they're very sticky in a credit union and treasury management helps them be more sticky. And you can price that up every year. That's what the banks do. They go through a pricing event every year where they say, hey, let's take 10% of these treasury fees and reprice them to the market. So you can see that it builds up from a non-interest income perspective over time. But what's even more valuable to credit unions at this particular juncture is the deposits. And if you think about the deposits that you can win, if you have the right services to service what we call operating deposits, uh, think of school system, right? Five, $10 million in one deal coming in. It would take something like 460 times the average retail deposit to get some of those commercial deposits is a huge gap. So, so the point is, while there's an upfront investment, it builds over time. And, and I think one of the pieces that, you know, hindsight is being 2020 on this in 2021, even towards the end of 2020, we had so many credit unions and I, I sat in the meetings with people and they said, whatever you do, don't cross sell the deposits. Don't bring their deposits in here. We're swimming in deposits. We don't know what to do with these deposits. And as we know, the world has changed. The world started changing uh, last year in 2022, towards the end of the year. And 2023, it's, it's a challenge for our industry. But instead of focusing on relationships when everybody was out there open into the market, now we're out there when every it's a dogfight. So what have you seen in terms of credit unions having tighter liquidity and now focusing on this line of business where you can, as you said, you can get a lot more deposits very quickly going this route than focusing on consumer checking accounts, for example. Yeah, whew, you got it right. Uh, you know, the irony is when I was asked to start this QSO, 
the need was deposits. So if you're thinking 2019, uh, there was we, there was a, a liquidity crunch starting to occur. It, it was t- yeah. Happened. At the I, at the end of 2019, people tend to forget it was getting tight. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is some of the motivation for this QSO. But the irony was, three days after I started, COVID hits, world shuts down, Fed drops the rate to zero, starts pumping liquidity into the system through quantitative easing, and then giving out stimulus. So there was liquidity everywhere coming out the ears, even to the point where I had some early credit unions I talked to say, how can you help me sweep deposits off balance sheet because it's really messing up my loan to share ratio. So, so that, and this is the cool part about treasury management. Uh, when I came in to start, uh, there was a very clear difference by the time we started getting going, but the business of treasury management has so many different levers that we pivoted to non-interest income which is always a need. And we said, hey, yeah, we get it. We hear you on the deposits. But if you're investing in treasury management services and building relationships, there are fees associated with the business. And it's not punitive fees like an NSF or an overdraft fee. These are value-added fees that, guess what? A business is paying a third-party fintech for or they're paying their bank and probably paying them a lot more than they should. You can help them save money and make the margin on the fee side. Now, the world has totally changed. From just a little bit before this time last year, um, 2022 in March, the first Fed rate hike started to happen, inflation go up, and you started to see unprecedented action, along with quantitative tightening going on, which resulted in this sucking of liquidity out of the system, which is what brings us today the, de- uh, the, the battle for deposits that's going on between not just credit unions, but financial institutions across the nations. Uh, and again, this is the main value proposition of treasury management services, is that if you can service a business's deposits, their operating deposits, help them work through and manage their working capital and cash flow, you're going to have those deposits very stable deposits on your balance sheet, and you're going to have the fee income that goes with it uh, in a long relationship to build into what we call that annuity of treasury management. So if I'm a credit union executive, I'm making commercial loans now, been successful with it, you know, it's going along. What are you telling me is the best opportunities and what we should focus on for the next few years. Yeah, when I'm talking to credit unions, uh, particularly the ones who are in commercial lending, because you know what? They get it. They understand that the businesses and the entities in their communities need financial services, and they're meeting those needs. Uh, We talk to them about, hey, you have a few opportunities here. One, you're making commercial loans already, and it tends to be, as you know, in the CRE space, but hotel groups, there's uh, certain CRE factors. They need treasury product too. And you know what? Likely these entities have a lot of deposits associated with them. So let's start by setting up some services that you can potentially service that whole operating relationship. But what's more than that, and this is something that, this was a bias of mine, by the way, when I came into the credit union industry, I wanted to focus just on the commercial lenders. What I've realized since I've stepped into this role is 
the branch network of credit unions, the sheer volume of small businesses that just come walking in day to day that want to do business with their local credit union and are being turned away to do that business because either the services don't exist or in some cases when the products do exist, the branch or somebody in the branch doesn't know how to help them and says, sorry, we can't help you. So, so I usually focus on those areas of opportunity with credit unions that are, in my opinion, low hanging fruit. And then we talk about, hey, where could this expand to in even expanding your credit relationships uh, to different types of loans? And it, you know, if you don't have, for example, if a credit union wants to get into small business lending or working capital loans, you're likely not gonna even have an at bat unless you can service the operating deposits of that business. So just having treasury management services will get you more opportunities at bat. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, for the, the biggest, my biggest takeaway today is that so many people look at their core as a limiting factor. We can't do this. We don't have the systems. Uh, and I think you, you have a nice solution and, 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 along with the, the brain trust behind it to help people get there, to, to get a large swath of credit unions in the game very quickly uh, that they're not into today. And, and I don't, I, I've never seen a credit union where they just said, we're not interested in a complete member relationship. Now, everybody wants that. And, and this is bringing complete member relationships to you. So tell people uh, just where they can contact True Treasury and uh, any parting shots you might have. Yeah, well, first off, Mark, thank you for having me on the show today. You know, I love talking business services, whether it's on the credit side or treasury management side. And for your listeners out there who are interested in learning more about how they can grow their business services and serve more business in their communities, reach out to us at True Treasury, www.truetreasury.com. Caveat, true is spelled without an E, so it's just T-R-U. Uh, you can always reach out directly to me. My name is John Ballantyne. Hit me up on LinkedIn, or you can hit me up at john.ballantyne at truetreasury.com. And myself and my treasury consultants would love to open up a conversation and, and talk to you about your financial institution, and the businesses in your community. Well, thank you for joining us, John. Uh, I, I hope uh, so you, you get some reactions to this or people have some questions, uh, And because I do think it's very important for our industry going ahead, and I think you uh, are set up to be a leader in that on where, we're, where we should be going. But to all my listeners at Credit Union Conversations, thanks for joining us. And I hope you can uh, subscribe to us on your favorite audio platform, wherever you're listening uh, to today. Uh, go on to your, onto your phone or tablet and, and, and hit subscribe. So that way we come to you automatically every two weeks. Uh, we usually drop on Tuesdays. So keep a lookout for us. And thank you. Have a great day. And I hope you're really enjoying your fall season. Hey, likewise, Mark. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Credit Union Conversations podcast. Have a question? Visit markritter.com for more information.